Welcome to another episode of Speaking of Fantasy Football with your hosts Derek, Ian, Zach, and myself, Mike. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast. Today we'll be discussing topics like wild and crazy league formats, recapping injuries in our pains and gains segment, going over our 4 for 4 draft, discussing how we did in all our own leagues, and giving you an update on the current state of the SFL. Alright everybody, we're going to move into our first segment tonight. We're calling it our Wild and Crazy League format segment. Um, so what we're going to talk about for you tonight is uh, we have each chosen a couple leagues that we're in that are you know beyond your standard uh, normal leagues. And what I mean by that is, I mean, I know personally for me, up until a couple of years ago, probably two years ago, honestly, I didn't know there was anything beyond redraft dynasty keeper with your basic standard scoring or PPR scoring. I had no idea anything else existed, really. Um, but the Sleeper app, another plug for Sleeper there, um, opened my eyes to it because it's, you know, a lot of you meet a lot of people in this app. You play with a lot of people and all these people have these crazy ideas for things. Um, so we're just going to kind of run through some of these pretty cool topics. Uh, we're all in some of these leagues. Some of them we're in together. Some of them we, like, I know I commissioned one of them with a buddy of mine. Um, and one of our leagues, uh, Mike's going to talk about is actually going to be the, the topic for our four for four this week that you'll hear about later from Ian. Um, so we're going to dive right into it. I'm going to kick it off. So this uh, first one I'm going to talk to you about is a league that we are calling the infected league. Um, me and a buddy at work came up with it. Um, sleeper handle Superman JG 10. Shout out to you there, buddy. Um, it's kind of a spinoff of a vampire league, which I'm not going to go into that one because we're talking infected. But essentially the point was we it's a very uh, basic uh, team structure, one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end. And um, then we added a bench spot in after the fact because we figured that would make it really hard on the bye weeks not to drop somebody. So we gave the one position kind of a swing spot for the bench. So the point of it is that one guy out of the 10 teams starts as the infected person, and he cannot draft at all. The rest of us draft our team. The infected person then drafts his team at the end, and he gets to choose his first matchup for week one. If he wins, then the person he beats or defeats now becomes infected, and the original guy gets to take a player of his choosing from that person's team. And they essentially swap uh, players. If the newly infected person doesn't want to keep that player, they can keep them or drop them to waivers, and then that guy gets waiver priority for the week, and so on. And that kind of repeats through the season. Now, I will say we threw this together like with like as I think two days before the first game of the season kicked off. So some of our fine details of the rules were still working out. Um, as Mike and Ian can both attest to because they're in that league as well. Um, like, what happens if everyone becomes infected after, like, week five? How does the league keep going? So we kind of said, like, all right, well, the last person standing becomes, like, the doctor. And then they can choose who they want to play that week. So the roles reverse, essentially. And they will then try to heal the rest of the league and make them become uninfected. Um, so kind of in a nutshell, that's that league. It's pretty cool and fun, um, especially since we're developing it as we're going, and everyone in that league seems to be pretty understanding of the fact that we're developing it as we're going. So the rules are kind of fluid and changing. I mean, we're trying to abide by what we agreed upon, 
Um, but for the most part, we're seeing spots to where we can improve it upon almost every week. Um, that's one example of a pretty, uh, pretty cool league. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that one or any comments? Yeah. So um, I, I was going to say kind of what you touched on there at the end that I really like that we're kind of like, it's kind of like crowdsourced, you know, yeah, like yeah. we're all on, this is a free league and we're all just like spitballing ideas and stuff. And um, what, what I really like about this league and a couple of the other leagues we're going to talk about um, is I really like leagues where like the theme, like really kind of shines through and makes sense. And I just like how we're making it feel like, like, you know, the infected are kind of banding together and then the survivors are all trying to survive together. And I don't know, it's cool whenever there's something other than just like wins and losses. So I don't know. It, it, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to me. Excited to see uh, how things turn out. Yeah, yeah, definitely pretty neat. I don't know if you call it collusion or not, but me and a couple of the other infected guys were definitely going back and forth about who we were going to challenge last week. So <laughs> eh, I don't know. We haven't gotten that far, the, de- the details, whether we can discuss that or not. But, you know, we were actually we're spitballing some stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, me and Superman last week were talking about maybe next year we change it up a little bit and we have like a team captain of and we start half and half, half infected, half not infected and try to like work it from like that somehow. So I don't know. Pretty neat, though. But you can do a lot with these leagues that I just never thought you could do beyond just standard fantasy football. It's pretty neat. And you're going to hear about that from yeah. the rest of the guys tonight. But um, I'm going to hit one that's a bit more basic but still strikes fear in the heart of a lot of people. It's the IDP leagues. A lot of people aren't uh, ready to, you know, jump in with both feet quite into IDP play. <laughs> and I got to say, you're missing out. It's amazing because – you can draft like the worst starting offensive lineup ever and still almost go undefeated probably all season long if you are paying attention and draft your defensive players right. It's it's so cool. It really drives your points up. And that's how you start seeing these like 300, 400 point games is when you've got like Demarcus Lawrence or sorry, Cowboys plug. Leighton Brand or somebody like that, you know, giving you like 40, 50 points that week because they've got 10 tackles, two fumbles, a pass block. I mean, it's crazy. It's a lot of fun, and it definitely, you know, kind of adds another aspect into just even watching football and learning about football for myself. You know, I always knew all the offensive players and that kind of stuff, but when I started introducing myself into IDP leagues, I had no clue what I was doing. And, uh, uh, a friend that I met through Sleeper, um, SW, SW Draft Genius. That is, I think that's his hashtag, isn't it, guys? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And uh, he uh, really helped me out the first year I ever did IDP, and it was really a great learning experience. And, man, I love it. I wish all my leagues had IDP players and positions in it. For those of you who don't know, the normal IDP setup is you have – usually it's two defensive linemen, two linebackers – two defensive backs, and one IDP flex spot. Um, Some leagues go with one apiece. Some go with more than that. But that's your general setup for IDP leagues. And I I enjoy it. I love them a lot. I I think if you haven't tried it, get out there, find a free league, and give it a shot because they're definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I I like IDP leagues too. Um, I'm not in a lot of them. I've been in a handful. Um, But I really like – one one aspect about it is that IDP scoring is almost never consistent across two different leagues. It's like almost like DNA. Like it's it's never the same because that's a good point. You're right. Yeah, because you you some people want to or a lot of people want to edit their 
their scoring settings to where, you know, the linebackers and the defensive backs and everybody where they all sort of score about the same, you know, to where to, and then also about the same as offensive players. I mean, some people don't do that, but I like to, and I even created like my own thing for that last year to where it's like, you know, the linebackers ended up about the same as running backs in terms of like drop off and, you know, consistency, stuff like that, just because, I didn't want it to be one of those situations where, you know, a line one linebacker was just way more valuable or one was or it just became a less valuable. You know, I want you want IDP to even out, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Or a lot of and, people will adjust the points that the DBs will earn because, you know, those shutdown corners you, you don't throw to them, so you're not going to get IDP points from the right. big shutdown corners, but if you tweak the point scoring it still makes them just as valuable as some of the other positions. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad you said that too because one of the main things about IDP that I think a lot of people don't realize when, you know, jumping headfirst into it, you know, without doing any research. And again, it is hard to do research because because the scoring is so inconsistent across leagues is that a lot of people go into IDP drafts based on name. You know, they'll go in drafting, you know, like say a couple of years ago, Richard Sherman, and because he's like, oh, he's the best corner in the game. Why would you not want him? You know, the best receivers get the, the most points in fantasy. The best quarterbacks get the most. But then, so, you know, why wouldn't the best cornerbacks? Well, because if most of the time, the most points you get in IDP leagues are tackles. And if you're not, if you're not getting the ball thrown to you, you're not getting any tackles. So Richard Sherman was like a really invaluable cornerback, you know? So it's just one of those things you got to kind of study and just you got to really – look at your your league scoring settings and then sort of see like actually look into like every player's stats. Yeah, and it goes ties back to my comment earlier about, you know, it makes you watch football a little bit differently, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. I enjoy it. Okay, yeah. So um yeah, we're going to move on to mine now, I guess. Uh we're going to talk about probably my favorite league that I've ever been in. It's called um it's a Pokemon themed dynasty league. So it sounds ridiculous, obviously, <laughs> because it's Pokemon based. And this isn't, I swear, this isn't even like, you know, some leagues, they can be themed away where it's like, I'm in this, I joined a league on Reddit called Wayne's World of Dynasty because Wayne's World is my favorite movie. But there's literally no theme other than the, there's two divisions. One is, one is Garth, one is Wayne. There's no actual theme to it, but just that. But like this Pokemon league, it goes into like Pokemon battle strategy like it's (laughs) it's it's crazy like so what there's uh i think there's 28 of us um and we each pick a pokemon uh to be like our team mascot right and so based on the pokemon you picked that's what typing you are and if it's a dual type pokemon like you know charizard is fire flying if you pick charizard you have to pick either fire or flying as your type um, because you know, we're not, it's a little too complicated to do dual types, but, um, for example, mine is Vicavolt. It's a sixth generation Pokemon or no, sorry, seventh generation Pokemon. And it's an electric bug type. And I picked the electric type because electric type Pokemon only have one weakness in the game, which is ground. And so the way scoring works in the league is that whoever you're playing against, um, or so each each player in the league, each uh, like you know quarterback, running back, all that, based on what actual team they're on, they're assigned to typings. So um, 
the Colts are all ground type Pokemon. The uh, um, the uh, yeah, the I think the Falcons are all dark type. I think that um, the Panthers are all. The, I think the Panthers are all poison type things like that. Um, so then, when you're playing against me, like I'm the electric type, what you want to do is you want to choose players based on multipliers, right? So if you're playing against me, like, and you choose a, a normal type Pokemon, a normal type, I think the Patriots are normal type, then you score just that amount of points that that player gets. Tom Brady would, if he scores 20, he gets 20. But if you play a Bronco against me, Broncos are ground type, you play Joe Flacco, his 20 points are worth 40 against me because of the battle strategy. And if you play a, I, I think a flying type would be, would not be effective against me, which feel like the Eagles, you start Carson Wentz, his 20 would be worth 10 against me. So it's really insane. Like the, our commish has to do, he has to go in and do the multipliers for every single game every week. Um, and uh, so it's, it's a pain for him, I'm sure, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun to have to do all this strategy every week. I have like a full type chart, player chart, Excel spreadsheet, for every game I'm playing this year, just to know who who to put in. Hmm. So, yeah. I what uh, what was the was it just arbitrary that you, the decision for like what everybody would what type everything would represent or like how was that decided? Um, so the commission, I think, like one or two other guys um, in terms of the teams representing certain types, they tried to make it thematic in that it's like. You know, I want to say that the the Bills and – or, okay, so, like, the Seahawks are water type, right? I mean, it makes sense. You know, Seahawks yeah. is water type. The Eagles are flying type. The I think the Texans are fire type. You know, they're in Texas. Um, certain things like that. I think the Packers and the Vikings are the two ice type teams. And, you know, Northern. So, just, just things like that. Um, and so, they try to make it as thematic as possible. For the the, but they also made sure in order to keep it um, sort of fair and consistent. Um, there's 18 types and 32 teams. They made sure that only two teams are allowed to be one type. So like, there's not like five fire type teams or whatever. There's two of each type. And um, same thing with the league owners. There's only two electric type team owners. You know, me and one other guy are the electric types. Two guys are fire types and things like that. Cool. That's interesting. Does that now? You, uh, did you mention? Do you draft that, or like, did you draft your um, your team's type? Um, that was actually just they put out the invite on Reddit, and as you join, you pick. You know, so it's like a first come first serve pool type of thing. So like the cool. first guy who started the league, um, his name's Ian too. Um, he. Um, He's a Pokemon Ludicolo, and I think he, he's uh, he picked the water type. And so then as soon as he picked that, then there was only one other water type available. So it's just first come, first serve. And, and is, but it, are you guys doing this on Sleeper? No, actually, this one's on uh, MyFantasyLeague.com, which is, um, which is also another great, um, another great platform. platform. Yeah, yeah I, I called it out on uh, Twitter for being – because they, they're really cool in, in responding to, you know, their, their – uh, customers too type of thing they're they're you know like sleeper they're not super corporate so they're they're always down to doing new things you know yeah cool yeah sounds like fun oh it really is um 
But uh, so I guess I'll move on to another one. This uh, this other league is also on myfantasyleague.com um, because again, these are just e- even as customizable as Sleeper is. My fantasy league is just above and beyond in that regard. It's not it's not as like well put together as Sleeper. Like the the friggin' it looks like it was made in two thousand three, but <laughs> it it's a, it's still like the things you can do on it are unmatched. But um, so this other league I'm in is called the FCFL. It's the uh, I don't remember what that stands for, but it's a college uh, it's a college football themed league, and it's not you don't get college players. You get um, you're you're only allowed to own players who are in the first four years of their NFL career. So um, so you know so those so like the guy's rookie season counts as a freshman season, right? Or um, whatever. And so if you want to, you can like red shirt a player. So if I, if I drafted, like I drafted Deontay Johnson or I'm sorry, it's an auction league. So I, I won Deontay Johnson and I wasn't sure that he would play that much this year. So I put him on my taxi squad, which we're calling red shirt. So if I keep him out this entire season, then I can keep him a fifth year, you know, like a fifth year senior type in the NCAA. And, uh, the same thing with medical redshirt. If you have a guy who go, goes on IR, um, you can put him in your IR spot, and as long he as long as he doesn't play, as long as he plays less than three games that season and stays in IR, then same thing. You can redshirt him, medical redshirt him, and keep him for that fifth year. Uh, but that's the the farthest you can hold a, a player. Period is through their fifth year in the league super like running back heavy because you know how running backs a lot of times just come right in the league and play but then like quarterbacks you know ones because you know some guys some guys went into this thing drafting josh rosen and you know it's a limited pool so you got this guy's got josh rosen and i've got patrick mahomes and you know how that turned out so (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, my, that sounds pretty cool. I've never heard of that one either. I mean, it's definitely a, an interesting one. I mean, my only my biggest question on that was like, how shallow like is that player pool, and how many teams are making it up? So is it still an even spread? Because as we as we all know, when you when you're in that ten to twelve team leagues, you kind of have a, it's a good mix and well balanced of teams for the most part. But when you start getting to that 14-team league, 16-team leagues, you know, it's really – it starts to become unbalanced. Is it kind of the same thing or is it – just curious. Um, I'm actually – I'm kind of glad you asked because that's something I probably should have mentioned. It's a 96-team league. Um, Wait, or is it No, it's 86. It, it's 86. Sorry. It's 86 teams. Um, and <laughs> there's, there's a lot of player copies. And so that's uh-uh. another big part of it is that um, we have it broken down for – uh, for conferences too, like I'm, I represent Ohio State, and I'm in the Big Ten. Um, so in each, there's the the Power Five conferences, and every every team owner own is like represents a different college. Oh. So I'm I'm Ohio State. I played you know Minnesota last week, and um, so the conferences are cool. And in each conference, you know there can I think there's you know twelve to fourteen teams per conference, and you. Um, there are two copies per player in each conference. So, um, so there's like two Christian McCaffrey's in the Big Ten, but there that means that there are twelve overall because there's the five power the Power Five conferences, and then there's the one that we've called the um uh, the Mid Sixteen. I think it is. It's like those are like the 
you know, the weird like lower end FCS schools and shit like that who um, 16, there's 16 of them. So it's a little to represent 16, um, the lower end schools. They have a more shallow draft pool. You know, they can't, they can't put together as good of a team as the rest of us because there's more teams in that conference. Um, and then it is shallow. Like it, even with, uh, even with two player copies, it's still really shallow because up to certain, up to so many players that you that are available, it's super shallow. Wow, mind blown right there. That's all <laughs> I gotta say. I'm done with that one. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty, but that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah, and that really cool though. <laughs> yeah, that and that's a, that's the type of thing you can do on my fantasy league. You know, player copies, ninety six team leagues, just things like that. I mean, sleeper, it's customizable, but it's not quite there yet. So I want to talk about uh, something that's called a guillotine league. I'm in two of them this year. I'm actually kind of only still in one, and you'll find out what I mean by that in just a second. But uh, it's it's pretty much just like it sounds uh, with a guillotine. There's a, a measure of finality to it. It's an elimination league. Um, usually you're going to want to have – it's going to have more teams than uh, your standard league, like the ones that I'm in right now um, – one of them is a 20-team league, um, and the other one is – I can't remember exactly. Let me check real quick. It's six, 16. It's 16. Yeah, and, yeah. and the other one's a 16-team league. And so what happens is each week the lowest score, um, regardless of head-to-head matchup, gets eliminated, and their team gets dropped to waivers. Um, and so that – you know, the, the, then the next time waivers clear – um, it's actually done two ways in each of those leagues. It's, it's different. One of them has a typical fab system where you make bids um, and the eliminated players fab gets split evenly remaining fab gets split um, among all the other owners. And then in the other, the other league that I'm in the 20 team, it's uh, or no, the 16 team it's done by uh, reverse. Is it standings? It's not standings. It's reverse. Um, I can't think of the word ranking from the week before. So like whoever was second worst that didn't get eliminated gets first pick and so on and so forth. Um, I see the merits to both. I think that for what the, the format is trying to do, the reverse rankings kind of works a little better because then the goal of the league is to just kind of always just scrape by because it takes a, 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 a new level of skill. Because normally in fantasy, you're trying to just be the top scorer when you're head-to-head matchups. Um, but in this format, what you're trying to do is be just good enough to where you don't lose. You're not the lowest scorer so that you can get a good player. Um, but you don't want to be too good because then you won't get the good players. And once everybody has super teams and you've been winning every week, you'll just get eliminated. Um and then once it gets down to the end, it'll be two massive super teams with crazy lineups and it'll be a, a head-to-head matchup at that point. But so it's, it's pretty interesting. You have to look at it differently because, you know, your tendency is to just be like, oh, well, I'm going to just try to field the best team that I can. Uh, it changes the way you draft because you want to draft well, but not like, I don't know, not crazy well. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, it's weird where you could just draft really well and you end up getting screwed anyway because your players don't show up but uh yeah it's it's pretty fun um ian you're in i think both of those with me aren't you what are you uh what are your thoughts on that do you you like that format 
I do. And I think this is one of those formats that has become like really popular overnight. Like I think I've seen like a bunch of Reddit threads about guillotine uh, strategies and everything this season. So I think it's one of those where like a bunch of people are just trying it out this year because it came out of nowhere and it is fun. I mean, I'm liking it. Uh, and it's one of those things. I think you, you like, at least myself, I kind of psych myself up. It's like, obviously I want to win. I want to win. And it's like, you obviously also you don't want to lose. Like, of course you, cause it sucks to be eliminated. And you know, you and I both have been eliminated from the 20 teamer. So, but you know, like we were talking about earlier um, off the air, like how we're just, we're just sticking around still. We're still in the league. Like we don't have teams, but we're just sitting around just smack talking people still because we can. Right. But, um, but then, uh, you know, the 16 teamer, I think I'm doing pretty well and I'm, I'm liking what's going on in there. Uh, but I think to to what you were saying about the, the, fab versus uh uh priority waivers um i think it might actually lend itself better to the priority waivers only because you know in terms of fab like okay in the um the 20 team league the one that has the fab there's the one guy who had he still had all of his fab up until until today right and yeah he and dalvin cook dropped to waivers because of um because that the guy who owned him was eliminated last week. So this guy, he spent all $500, all of his fab on Dalvin Cook, which I'm not saying is a bad strategy. I mean, like, you want the, you want him, right? But um, the thing is, though, is, like, once that starts happening and you get towards the end of the season and, you know, everyone keeps spending all their money on these superstars, then let's say, like, the last four teams are left and they've all spent their fab, then, I mean – what then it's just then it just becomes priority because they don't have any fab left and it just becomes priority anyway and then at that point the priority um will become head-to-head matchups because they didn't account for something like that because they don't account for points scored and then the head-to-head matchups that shouldn't have mattered before do all of a sudden matter uh unless those commissioners realize that and then have to go in and change it at that point so i was like i feel like you just might as well be doing that from the get-go right you know? Yeah, and so I mean, yeah, it's weird. And and the the uh, one to mention about that guy, he actually had made a trade earlier in the season that included Fab, so he actually had more than the max just by a little bit. So he literally bid five hundred and one dollars. So everybody else had five hundred max. He just bid ex- like exactly what nobody could beat. <laughs> um, right. And got Dalvin Cook, and and like I get that if if we have like a finite pool, like then I think fab makes sense because you have to be a little smarter with how you spend it. And that's actually how I got eliminated. I didn't realize they were, that they were distributing everybody's uh, the, the eliminated teams fab at the beginning. So I was not spending high and I kept thinking it was nuts that people were spending like 300 bucks for Mike Evans when like, you know, somebody good is going to be dropped next week too. And I don't necessarily want to be the top scorer. So I was like, I'll put in, you know, a hundred bucks maybe for a guy I really want, but, like they were just spending crazy money and I didn't get it because I was thinking we needed to save our resources. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you that the fab fab isn't as, as, uh, as neat. There's just, there's just something about it. It's like, it's funny cause normally I'm a huge fan of fab and I think it's the best way to go and that other waivers feel stupid and they reward people for not participating and all these different things that we won't go into. But in this situation, I'm like, just, it just feels unfair. <laughs> you know, like the waivers just doesn't, it seems to be, missing the point of that league that format 
and then the other thing I wanted to uh, talk about was actually one that 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 Ian you you started, uh, and we kind of jumped in with you on uh, it's the divide and conquer league. So what it is, it's it's division based, and uh, it's basically it's basically a normal league, but the way that we started uh, was different. The way that we drafted. We had a supplemental – I guess it wasn't supplemental if it was first. We had an initial draft where um, everybody got to pick their division, like their actual NFL division. And then after everyone had selected um, their division, we just took – what was it, 25? How deep were the were the benches? Do you remember, Ian? Um, top 25 players. Uh- um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm looking right now, though. If you want to keep talking, players that you wanted from that division, like nobody else, um, nobody else got any players from that division. So I had the first overall pick in that draft, and I took the NFC South because you know at the beginning of the season, before Breeze went down and there were questions with Cam and all that stuff, it was like a no-brainer that those those four offenses every year are are for the last few years at least have been you know just high-powered. So I got a crazy lineup. And my, for my, by my estimation at that point. Um, and then, you know, you just play like normal after that, you can make trades like normal, you can uh, pick up waivers and everything like that. But it was just, it was just interesting to have your choice made at the beginning like that and just kind of see what kind of team you could build based on the, uh, the division that you got. But uh, yeah, that actually hasn't, hasn't been, I'm not doing terrible in that league. I'm three and one, but hasn't been as uh, as much of a, Trump card as I thought it would be just with the uh, struggles with some of the teams in that division in the NFC South. What do you guys think about that so far? How are you enjoying that format? Derek, you're in there too, right? Yeah, it's probably one of my favorite ones and not just because I, it's my only undefeated league, but you know, it's okay. I took the, <laughs> uh, took the AFC West and uh, I think last week was a close one, but um it should be getting better for me. I should be able to pull away from the rest of you guys with having Melvin Gordon back. But uh, no, it's actually pretty fun. I, 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 it was one of the last leagues I think I joined in for the year, and Ian kind of twisted my arm to join. <laughs> um, but it was definitely really different, and the starting lineups. I mean, I think besides the fact that you're choosing a division to start with, the uh, most intriguing thing to me was the, the lineups are just huge. I mean, you're playing two QBs, three running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, two flex, and a defense. I mean, it's monster points every week. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's pretty cool. It's definitely fun. I, I, you know, I've been talking to people, and with the amount of leagues I've been this year, I'm definitely planning next year to probably try to thin out some of them and thin out just the standard league, so to speak and keep the more fun formatted leagues. And this will definitely be one of the ones I hope we continue into next year. Um, was this a redraft, Ian? I can't remember. I can't remember what we said this was. Yeah, this was a redraft. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty neat. Do a redraft every year and maybe even say, hey, you can't choose the same division you chose last year kind of thing to change it up, make it fun for everybody. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, I just want to point out real quick, it is a 24-player uh, uh, roster with one IR spot. So, yeah, it's 25 total. Um, and I also want to point out really quick, I was thinking because, you know, there was that, you know, when we did the division draft, there was that, you know, the guy in the eighth spot, he was obviously going to be stuck with the AFC East because, I mean, outside of the Patriots and, you know, maybe like a Bills player or a Jets player, you don't want that division. Um, he he actually has won a game. Um <laughs> But the NFC North player is, has not won a game yet. Wow. Like, 
the Packers, Vikings, Lions, uh, Bears owner has not won a game yet, which I think is pretty surprising, honestly. That is pretty surprising. Shout out KG1. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good old KG1 there. <laughs> yeah, oh, awesome. it's, it's definitely interesting to see how that works. Um, and that actually is the uh, that is the theme of our 4 for 4 this week that we are going to be doing uh, divisional players, like drafting a division and then having a player from each one. Yeah, that's right. So uh, when I do that four four segment, I'll give you uh, more details on our teams and then another special surprise coming up at the end of the four for four segment. So stay tuned for that. So this past week for our draft uh, four for four, we did boom bust players. Uh, you know, you have your Tyreek Hill. They are always able to go for those 30, 40 uh, point weeks. Uh, and, uh, they're a little volatile, but and then we had the, the consistent guy, you know, you got your Julio Jones. You're not really super excited to start him, but you know, he's going to get his and he's going to, he's going to do what he does for your team. The results came in with Ian winning, uh, with 79.8 and Mike coming at last, uh, with 47.3, um, with the <laughs> with the total votes being 133, Derek actually got 98 of them. Mike got 25. Ian got six, and I personally got four. Funny about that is Ian and myself did the best. Okay, so this week's four for four should be a lot of fun. Uh, like we talked about in the uh, the crazy league format segment, uh, three of us are in this league called Divide and Conquer where. Uh, the eight of us selected a, a different NFL division each, and we only drafted players from that division. So we decided to use that for this week's four for four. Uh, so each of the four of us took one division each, and for a little added challenge, we made it so we can't choose more than one player from, from each team. So, um, so I'm going to just jump into the teams. We got, um, I picked my division first. I picked the AFC West. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Philip Lindsay, Keenan Allen, and Darren Waller. Zach picked second. He picked the NFC West. Uh, that was Russell Wilson, David Johnson, Cooper Cup, and George Kittle. Derek drafted third. He picked the NFC South. Uh, Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, Julio Jones, and Greg Olson. Mike picked last with the AFC North, and he picked Lamar Jackson, James Conner, Odell Beckham, and Tyler Eifert. Um, so there's there's a good bit of parity. Um, I think that you could you could argue that there probably wouldn't have been a lot of parity um, if we went all eight because you know there's some divisions that are really questionable all around. You can't even pick one good player from from certain teams. But um, uh, these four I think are pretty good. Um, and honestly, the projections are all really close. Mike's is is down there. Mike's is uh, ten points below the rest of us. But me, Mike, and or me, Derek, and Zach, our um, our projected points are all within one point of one another. So it should be an interesting week. You know, obviously somebody's probably going to get a a boom and a blowout, and somebody else is probably going to die. But it happens. Uh, so uh, I think the best selection, the best division selection, is probably Derek. He drafted third, and he went with the NFC South. And honestly, that probably is the best option. There's so many different combinations. There's multiple good players on each team, I would say. 
um, you know, he could have gone Jameis Winston or um, Matt Ryan. He could have gone Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. He could have gone Julio Jones, Mike Thomas, or Chris Godwin. He could have gone Greg Olson or Austin Hooper. I mean, across the board, he could pick any number of players, any combinations, and they're all they all have really high upside. A lot of them are elite players, honestly. So the fact that that, that division fell to him, you know, good for him. Great pick. Um, you know, maybe Zach and I might regret that come Monday. But as of right now, I'm pretty comfortable with what I got going on. Um, the most interesting one is is Mike's um, AFC North picks. Um, the division itself I don't find to be um, – the interesting part it's that he decided to go with Tyler Eifert as his tight end, um, which is a is a straight from the path for him because you know the last few weeks in four for four, he's insisted on drafting a an elite tight end, a, a high end tight end, and now he's running with one of the more questionable, um, you know maybe high upside guys as opposed to he could have gone with Mark Andrews. Um, but he wanted to go with, I guess, higher upside at other positions, and he went with the the uh, the question mark with Tyler Eifert. So that could go – it could be really good for him. I, we, we think Tyler Eifert's got a good matchup. We think Tyler Eifert could get a touchdown. Um, and, you know, with John Ross out, A.J. Green's out, um, he could be – he could see more targets this week. So maybe. Uh, the, most question, the most questionable decision, I think, would be my own of uh, Philip Lindsay, um, because he's in a timeshare with Royce Freeman. Uh, Freeman's been getting a lot more targets lately, um, even though Lindsay's got this, he's always got that potential for a boom game. Um, but he's still, you know, that's any timeshare could go either way. But then I also could have chosen Austin Eckler or Melvin Gordon but again no one knows how that's going to turn out this week or the rest of the season so I just went with Philip Lindsay he's the guy I feel the most comfortable with right now um even though I could have gone Josh Jacobs too but he's been on a little bit of a um downplay this last couple weeks and I wanted Darren Waller not gonna lie so um after that I think the um the, the toughest matchup, even though I just said I wanted Darren Waller, I think Darren Waller has the toughest matchup. He has the Bears this week, and that's going to be tough. Um, it might be his first bad game, but I don't own Waller in any leagues. He's been getting a bunch of targets, so I'm just going to pray that he has another solid week, another solid number of catches, and pray for a win here. Um, so now that you guys know the, the draft board, I'm going to share it to Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that. I'm going to share it to my leagues. Um, our social media handle is at SOFF Podcast. So, you know, find us on there. Vote in the polls anywhere you see them. Uh, we want to know what, who you guys think will have the best week this week, whose team is the best. Um, but next week, we got a special treat for you guys. Um, we're going to expand our 4 for 4 to a new segment called 12 Personnel, where we are going to invite eight listeners to join us for a 12-person draft. Um, there will be no theme as usual, but we will do the same sort of format. Uh, you know, four starters, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end, um, 
and it's only going to be a one-week thing. You're just going up against uh, everyone else. You know, you're not doing any head-to-head matchups. It's just 12 on 12. Um, so I'm going to share this invite to um, social media and all of our leagues. And once I post that, probably Friday or Saturday, the first eight people to send me a direct message um, expressing interest will be included in our draft next week. And we will draft, uh, the draft is going to start Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and we're going to have one-hour picks. So be prepared. If you're going to join us, be ready for a a draft starting that day because we want to have the entire draft finished by Wednesday night so that we can record our next episode with the results. So, like I said, we think it'll be a fun thing. We hope you guys join us. And, uh, yeah, go vote on our polls and get ready to, uh, to draft with us next week. All right, now we're going to move into our more uh, painful segment of our show, uh, Pains and Gains. Um, I mentioned last week that we were trending in the right direction with the pains, but after Wednesday's practice reports, I think we're going back the other direction, like week one again. Um, so we're not going to hit these every week, um, you know, because you know a lot of people get veteran rest days on Wednesdays and sometimes even Thursdays. But we wanted to highlight some of the ones that were actually sitting due to actual injuries and not practicing on Wednesday, and you know, that's some of the bigger bigger issues for the week. So we're going to have a quick uh, discussion and let you guys know who those are, just in case you haven't been keeping up with the injury reports uh, this week. Um, so Delaney Walker not practicing today for an injury. Godwin again listed uh, with a hip injury but not practicing. But as we all know what happened last week, not too worried about it. Um, uh, a couple of guys from the Steelers, Juju, Connor, and McDonald, all of them not practicing Wednesday in all four various injury designations. Um, Jamal Williams again not practicing uh, injury. Mark Andrews still battling the foot, not practicing Wednesday. Um, Christian Kirk, I can't remember what his injury designation off the top of my head was, but he's already, they're already ruling him uh, questionable and unlikely for Sunday's game. Um, Dontrell Inman actually hit the IR today, which is kind of surprising because we know the Chargers are a little thin over there in receivers. Um, T.Y. Hilton not practicing today, but it looked like the reports that he was trending in the right direction. And then a bit of a surprise one today was Tyrell Williams also not practicing on the in, uh, with an injury on Wednesday. The only one not injury-related that didn't practice today was Stephon Diggs. Uh, but keep an eye on that because they never actually said what the reason was to list it as personal. So don't know what the extent that's going to be. So, But anyway, everybody, you know, check your players, monitor your rosters for the week, keep an eye on those guys. Um, but moving into the bigger issues from this past week. Um, all right, so Trubisky went down in the uh, Bears game. Um, this guy's arm in a sling. I don't know if the actual injuries come out yet for what it actually is. I can't remember. Um, but they're saying he's going to at least miss this week. And there's mine is I think they're thinking about holding them until after their bye weeks. I think they got bye in uh, week six, so we'll probably see him back in week seven. Um, Chase Daniels as the backup came in, didn't do too bad, 195 and one touchdown. So, uh, just be careful there, um, with any of your bears players and, um, be mindful. 
Josh Allen in the concussion protocol took a pretty good knock in that game last week, um, which is kind of stinks because I'm one of the people who have actually been using Josh Allen with all the quarterback injuries. You know, his first three weeks, he was doing pretty darn good with his points. I mean, very reliable, average uh, quarterback points every week. Um, and surprisingly, though, he was listed as a limited participant in practice uh, on Wednesday. So we'll see where that goes and see if he clears the, uh, you know, the concussion protocol um, triggers this week. But if not, Matt Barkley did come in last week, 127 yards and an interception. So we'll see how that does for the Bills this week. Um, a big hit is uh, Landry in concussion protocol as well. Right now he's sitting at a wide receiver 38, and it's on the season he's about 18 for 328 yards, so that'll be a bit of a blow to the, uh, the Browns' offense if he cannot play, especially with Otto having a joke about. Uh, Marlon Mack having some ankle issues. He's gone 61 for 299 yards with two touchdowns. Not practice on Wednesday, but um, keep an eye on him. Looking like he should be practicing playing on Sunday. Probably the biggest one, if not the second biggest one, I'd say, for the week was Devontae Adams' uh, self-diagnosed turf toe, which I think he finally actually had the test it did show up his turf toe. Um, he finally put up his numbers that he's supposed to for week four, 10 for 180 yards. Um, so keep an eye on him. He's definitely carrying a questionable designation for Sunday already. All right, John Ross, the big surprise, um, got put on IR today. Kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he was seen with a sling after the game Monday night, and uh, all of a sudden on IR now. So we'll see what happens, especially because it's not looking like uh, A.J. Green's going to be back for at least probably another two weeks. So uh, maybe some more yardage and, uh, and uh, some points there for Boyd. So anybody who's got Boyd, you might want to play him. Uh, might be his time. Um, I, and in my opinion, the one of the biggest impacts of the week is Guskowski to the IR. I mean, the Pats haven't had a kicker issue for as long as I can remember. What are they going to do now? It's crazy. Um, so careful on that one. Maybe some people drop gold in your league if you're still playing kickers and you go grab them since these passes by week. Um, and then Case Keenum was seen in a walking boot today. So that uh, conundrum there in for the Redskins for their quarterback issue might solve itself this week. And then just keep an eye out. Uh, Minshew was also listed with a knee injury, but he did practice today. So um, any uh, any of those stand out to you guys? Any things you're overly concerned about or any big issue? Yeah. Um, one of the ones that, like, it doesn't seem like a big deal to, to just look at it on the surface because their team has, I mean, their own four, but the John Ross injury, I think that's pretty kind of pretty unfortunate for them because he's kind of been like the, one of the lone bright spots on their team. Um, he was actually like one of the yardage leaders the first through the first couple of weeks. And he looked like he was kind of finally living up to the, to his draft, you know, his draft position from a couple of years ago and they were using his speed well and, you know, it's it's kind of that's kind of been the story of the Bengals this year is that everybody thought that Zach Taylor was going to come in and maybe like rejuvenate that offense with Andy Dalton and all, but they've been having offensive line issues and injury issues with AJ Green going down and now John Ross on IR that that it's just not looking so hot for them. But uh, that was one that I thought was was pretty unfortunate. You know, he he's a a player I'd like to see do well. Never want to see anybody get injured. John Ross is uh, is one of those that's. Um, I, I, I never really expected him to keep up the production. Like I get that he had two big weeks and he was drafted 10th overall a couple of years ago. Um, I wasn't as 
sure that he would keep it up, maybe just because I was sort of stuck on how he had been playing. But then again, you know, if I if that says anything, you know, Tyler Boyd, his first couple of years sucked, and now he's, uh, you know, pretty well-known, like, wide receiver too. So he John Ross could have kept it up, but, I mean, those uh, – those people who did capitalize off those two weeks um, who were able to trade him for something decent it's now, obviously, in redraft, have they made it out big, obviously. Um, so good for them. Um, but the, uh, the, other, the one I want to talk about most, honestly, is uh, Jarvis Landry. And that's not just because I'm a Browns fan, but um, there's a couple sure. – oh, Hey, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so so – um, so the Brown, like, maybe because I, I am a little bit more in tune with like what the, is happening with the Browns because I'm a Browns fan, but I'm I'm slightly worried. I guess you know Landry is a big part of the offense, uh, a huge part of the offense last week. You know he and Chubb ruled that game, but um, the thing is that's uh, kind of a gain is that you know Antonio Callaway, who showed some pretty big flashes last year, is coming off of his suspension this week. So it's actually kind of good timing in that regard. You know, he can step into Landry's role potentially. Um, but then also, as we've seen, which I think we'll talk about this as a game too, is uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, is that he is uh, he had a pretty big week. I mean, he only had three catches on three targets, but it's for 82 yards and a touchdown. And so as a tight end, you know, Jarvis Landry's big targets, um, his big uh, share of targets come from the slot. That's his thing. So, you know, short yardage plays. I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones as a tight end could potentially take over some of those targets too. So it it may not affect the offense as much. I mean, it might affect, you know, obviously Jarvis Landry's fantasy owners. But in terms of like maybe Baker Mayfield or, you know, any of the other offense, I don't know that they – I don't know that they'll miss a beat, but you never know. Yeah, all good points, Jens. Very good points. Um, Yeah, I forgot Callaway was coming back. Um, definitely a good point there. We'll see how that, we'll see what their offense looks like this week. Um, yeah. So going into uh, the gains, a couple quick mentions. So uh, those of us that had Michael Gallup, um, might go to use him this week. Uh, he was looking pretty good those first two weeks. He's back with a limited practice. Uh, Sam Darnold back practicing this week. Um, I couldn't find out if he was actually cleared all the way yet or not. I couldn't find it anywhere. So keep an eye on that one. Um, Scary Terry back at practice. Uh, Single Terry's back limited today um, on Wednesday, so we'll see if he keeps trending the right direction. Um, Hunter Henry actually just got word that he was uh, out working out, so he's working his way back from that six to eight week knee injury he had to begin the season. And then some really good news: Tyreek Hill back out there practicing with a limited session, and Damian Williams as well. So some uh, some ones to be watching there. Um, some of the bigger gains we had, uh, as Ian mentioned, uh, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, maybe that was his breakout game, and we'll see if uh, see how he does the next couple weeks. You know, finally having a halfway decent quarterback um, throwing to him, so we'll see what comes comes there. Uh, Golden Tate coming back this week um, from his suspension against the Vikings, though. So I don't know if I love throwing him in your lineup this week, but hey, if you're desperate and you got some buys, why not see what happens? Daniel Jones is slinging it, so. You never know. Um, Melvin Gordon also decided to show up from his hiatus, so he's going to be back and should be playing week five against Denver. Um, but uh, they say he's going to be the bell cow, but we're, I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like to believe that he is the bell cow because I own him in a couple of leagues. Um, 
But Eckler has definitely held his own and shows that he's got a place in offense. So that could be our uh, next big two-headed monster here in San Diego, like uh, the Falcons in the past where they had a really good combination with uh, Freeman and Coleman going there. Um, and then the, the, the big one, and I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but Barkley is already working out. I mean, what in the world? And New York is saying he's not even ruled out yet for Sunday. I mean, that's just nuts. The guy is like a machine. It's crazy. Is uh, more kind of Gettleman speak. I feel like that's kind of been the theme, like with the the Odell trade. You know, like uh, the that they weren't they weren't going to trade him. They weren't going to trade him. And then then like yeah, that that was obvious they were going to do that. And then with Daniel Jones, he wasn't going to be the starter. And then like he was the starter. And I, I don't know. I feel like the we're he's not ruled out for Week Five. It's just that's just what they're going to say. But it doesn't really even matter. The fact that the dude is working out with with high brain just insane after two weeks. Like Yeah, I I think that Gettleman is like a he's like the anti Bill Belichick. <laughs> like he's he you know, Be- Belichick will do these little mind games with who he says is gonna play or what's gonna happen in the games or um I was listening to the PFF podcast the other day and Bill Belichick was saying how he really respects Josh Allen's, uh, you know, ability to throw the balls type of thing, and uh, um, which I the, he they were saying, you know, this may or may not be a mind game, but the fact that the Patriots have by far the best secondary in the game, and Josh Allen is so volatile as a quarterback, you know, and they have a good running game, they were thinking like, what if Bill Belichick he does this thing where it's like he gets them to pass the ball and turns the ball over because they know he they can and he's just this big mind game type of guy I mean he's so subtle about it you don't know if he is playing the game or not but Gettleman it's like he's got the subtlety of like a shark like <laughs> you it's you know it's not true like I mean yeah you didn't know that OBJ was going to be traded for sure but it's like there were all these rumblings I mean even OBJ himself was tweeting stuff about it more or less and you know, Barkley, like you said, he's not coming back this week. Like, we know Dream that. Crusher. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I hey, hey, I'm going to tell you right now. In that college league I'm in, that uh, the FCFL league, I have last, – last year I was the, with a second leading score of 86 teams because I had Patrick Mahomes, Saquon Barkley, and Tyree Kill. I need them back, okay? <laughs> so so I, I want him back. I want him back, but – um. I don't think he will be this week. And just, again, that league last year, second leading point scorer this year, I have not won a game yet because they've, because of those injuries. So I've, I, want, I want Saquon back as badly as anybody. But, I mean, even if he could be back this week, I want them to take it safe with him. I don't want it to be one of those situations where he comes back early and then gets hurt again and is out for the season. You know, I, I hate I, – that's why I'm really respecting what's happening with the Bills and the – uh, and the Redskins, at least with McLaurin and Singletary, there was a chance they could have played last week, but they were responsible enough to hold them out because they know that those soft tissue injuries could per- persist. And, um, you know, yeah. uh, so keeping them out, even though they could potentially play, is probably the, is definitely the better, the better option. So, you know, even I've even heard mentions of holding Singletary out through the bye week just to be totally sure. And I would much rather that, you know, him be out two weeks now than nine weeks later. Especially the way Gore's been playing. And if they lose Josh Allen this week to the you know, concussion protocol, it makes sense. Why not? 
Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, we're going to move into our fourth segment for the night. Uh, pretty much giving you guys a quick recap of how we all did this week. Um, real quick, uh, as we like to, you know, kind of talk about our main teams and a few other ones. I'm going to hit my uh, my home league this week. I luckily pulled out my win, so I am 3-1 and one with one other guy. So sitting pretty good in that league. I just need to keep surviving until my Barkley trade pays off. I was one of the guys that went and got him. It was definitely a, a nail-biter for me, though. I had Mixon and Boyd going into the Monday night game, and I was down six points. Mixon and Boyd got me eight points. It was close i did not think it was gonna be that close when i woke up because i only watched the first half i was it was definitely a little little surprising i expected to be a little further ahead um also got my third win in my sfl league so that was awesome that put me into the 40s in the rankings that was kind of exciting for how bad i did last year in the sfl and as you guys heard earlier when we were talking about the infected league um as you guys know uh i was going to take julio as my prize but unfortunately, I lost big time, and I was setting myself up for a run at the top dog next week. But that's not going to happen now. I uh, walked away uh, losing pretty bad. Actually, I think the biggest loser in that league this week. So it didn't work out in my favor. Um, so back to the drawing board in that one. Had to see who I uh, just had to challenge this week. Um, yeah, those were mine. Uh, decent week. I think every week so far, I've either won them all except for a few or lost them all except for a few. Week four was one of those weeks where I was kind of split down the middle in most of my leagues, so not too bad. Can't complain. Didn't take any huge injuries, any of my players, so. And I got a couple coming back, like Tate and a few other folks that I've been sitting on, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, you mentioned you had Mixon and, and Boyd going into the uh, <laughs> into the game as your last two players, I also had a situation like that in one of my home leagues, but I was down by 15 and they combined to give me, I think 10. Oh, <laughs> so no. it was like, so you didn't make it. <laughs> not make it. And that's, uh, that's, that's one of my home leagues that I was, I was um, undefeated in until this week. And the guy that beat me had the, uh, had the Pats defense. So that was a, uh, that was unfortunate, but you know, that man, that not to get distracted by that, but the the Bengals looked rough, man. I don't know, I don't know what's going on over there, but yeah, they did something. Um, and then in my other league, so that's one of two leagues where I had uh, I had drafted Lamar Lamar Jackson, and he's I've been kind of just like riding him to victories. Um, and in the other league. That, that I have Lamar Jackson, which they're both ESPN leagues. Um, it's an eight team league and it's not even close in that man, in that league, man, I'm, I'm undefeated. And I, I could see knock on wood. I could see an undefeated season oh, being wow. in the uh, possibilities. It's, it's crazy. I'm going to pull up my lineup here. So it was so deep. I mean, it's eight teams. Yeah. So, you know, everybody's got a great team, but it was so deep in the draft that I took both Melvin Gordon and AJ green because I had enough depth to cover, to cover having two players that were going to be out for um, several weeks. So my starting lineup right now is Lamar Jackson, um, CMC, Chris Carson. And then on my bench, which I, I, this may change. It's just what was on my bench from last week. I've got carry on Johnson, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, Matt Breda. 
That's crazy. Um, yeah, and then for wide receivers, I have Julio Jones, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, um, AJ Green, Deshaun Jackson. Wow. And my tight end in that league is Kelsey. Uh, I picked up Hawkinson just because I didn't need the bench player that I had, and I thought if Kelsey gets hurt, I'll have a decent backup tight end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also have the Patriots defense in that league. So oh. it's been it's been a good one. I think last week, yeah, last week I had I got 185 points, and the guy that I was playing got 94. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That was fun. That felt really good. <laughs> and then the other home league, the only other home league that I'm in is uh, the last. It, I feel it feels like the last bastion of the old guard. It's a standard league, which I, I just do not enjoy it. Um, but it's got a weird. It's got some weird caveats. That's I said that funny, but anyway, um, they do re- kick return yards. So there's like a a couple players that that makes like them extra valuable. Like Tyler Lockett was a. I think he might have been the number one wide receiver last year huh. in that league. Um, or maybe it was Tyree Kill and then him. But anyway, he, he was up in the top five for sure because he was great last year, but he also he, – he returned a lot of kickoffs. So you get that yardage. Um, if he ever gets a touchdown, you get that. So that's, that's kind of a weird thing. And there's also no flex possession. It's three wide receiver, two running back, one tight end, kicker defense, quarterback. So – um, I'm three and one in that one, three and one in the one that I lost with Mixon and, and, uh, Boyd. And then in my SFL league, which is, I guess the, the, the main sleeper league I'll talk about here. Um, I am two and two now I pulled out a win, even though I had Miko Hardman get me negative one point, negative point one. I think it was, he had like a fumble and like just enough points to make it to where he got, yeah, he got negative 1.1 <laughs> but yeah that was an interesting one overall uh my leagues have been pretty similar to you what you said uh most of the weeks that i'm winning i win in a lot and i or i lose in a lot this week was also kind of a ride the line split down the middle um i am in one money league and it's uh i think are you in that that uh the one that Ian started, the Happy Fun Time League. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the that. The team giant bench – I mean, giant uh, starting lineup yeah, yeah. league. I think I'm actually doing pretty good in that one, I'm too. Feeling pretty good about that one. We have the um, the extra game against the median each week, so the record sounds off. But it's I'm 7-1. and one. I've only – only I think I just didn't beat the median one week. But uh, I'm feeling pretty good in that one. But those teams, man, there's six team leagues. It's kind of fun to, like, just have a super stacked team because it's all about start sits. But yeah, uh, feeling pretty good about this season. There's a couple of leagues that um, I thought at the beginning of the season I was like, man, this is too much. I can't keep it all, keep up with all this. But uh, it's been okay. And then there's a couple guillotine leagues like we talked about earlier that I'm in. I'm actually out in one of them. So that kind of like I didn't even think about it. Like, oh, I don't have to worry about that one anymore. <laughs> Me and Ian are just sitting in there, both eliminated, just uh, being the peanut gallery for everything that goes on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I did pretty good in my my leagues this week. Um, you know, a lot better than was it last week where I didn't win any leagues in my sleeper. That sucked. But um, but this this week I did pretty well. The one league I'm a little disappointed in is the infected league um, that I lost to Zach and he was infected, so now I'm infected, which sucks. But um, 
you know, I was kind of thinking about it earlier today, and it's like it doesn't really mean anything to be infected or not infected in the long run. Because I mean, I'm still I'm still playing. At least it's not like guillotine where it's like I'm eliminated. So I'm still sticking around that one guillotine league, and uh, it sucked too because the waivers got switched up in that league, you know. And uh, yeah, I was supposed to, I was supposed to be ninth, uh, the ninth in a waiver order, and then everything cleared this morning, and I got Juju which I definitely should not have, obviously, ninth overall in the waivers. So <laughs> I, was re- I was really stoked, and then somebody jumps in, hey, I was third, and I didn't get either of my top three guys. What's going on? So then Devo had to switch it up, and I lost Juju, and, you know, bummer. But no big deal. I'm still doing pretty well in that league. Um, and I'm, I'm 4-0 in my home league, so that's fun. Uh, I'm on uh, – I'm in a, a Yahoo league, a Yahoo home league, and uh, doing pretty good in that one. 4-0, I traded for Barkley last week. Um, you know, so if he comes back early, I'll have I'll have Barkley, Kamara, Joe Mixon, uh, Chris Thompson. I mean, looking pretty good in that league. And, uh, yeah, so other than that, uh, my SFL league, I'm 3-1, and one, so I'm doing pretty good in there too. So, overall, I'm pretty happy with my, my leagues thus far this year, except for – I'm I'm 0 and 4 in two leagues, but those are the two leagues, my the two dynasties that I'm rebuilding in. So you know, who cares? You know, <laughs> and yeah, so I'm actually preferring to lose in there. So you know, that's where I'm at. All right, yeah. So for my personal leagues, uh, I've won my SFL uh, matchup. Uh, I almost doubled the guy at 141 points in his 72, moving me to the three and one. <laughs> And uh, this is going to be my final salute to Austin Eckler for coming in being an absolute <laughs> stud. Uh, yeah, but then uh, with my other leagues, uh, I believe I won three out of four of them. Uh, no, I won two out of four, unfortunately. Um, uh, one league, I needed James Conner to go off uh, and do better than the Steelers' defense. Um, he... <laughs> He he did his he did his so that was that was a fifty dollar league and I was really hoping he would um, get me the dub in that one because I was playing someone who had James Conner in another league which was like a ten dollar league and I was like you know what? I'll take the loss in that one I'll eat that one because if I can move to four and zero in my fifty dollar league I'll be psyched well <laughs> I lost them both so I moved to three yeah, and one in both it. those leagues yeah yeah that's the way it works right. Yeah, that Steelers defense looked good, man. Oh yeah, and then uh, I kind of had a nail biter in one of my my probably my most favorite league. It's not the most uh, the highest one for money, but uh, it's definitely my most favorite league. Um, I was actually kind of losing most of the time, and all I had left is Dalvin Cook and Cooper Cup, and I, you know, halfway through the game, I was a little bit worried I was going to lose to like the worst team in the league. But uh, <laughs> we all know how the Tampa Bay. <laughs> L.A. game went, oh, oh yes. 95 points. Keeper Cup got his. And then Dalvin Cook, he he showed up again, had a touchdown, got a couple catches, had like, you know, 50 yards, I think. I don't know how many yards he had, but he showed up, and I uh, moved to 3-1 and one in the league, and I'm now outscoring the 4-0 and o team by about 100-something points. So, yeah, that's how that works. Nice. New England defense. <laughs> but, uh yeah, that's that's how my personal leagues went. Um, yeah, uh, doing pretty well. 
besides for one, won somehow with Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin as my wide receivers. I am 0-4. That always yep. hurts. I have Zeke you must have been playing like top team each week. No, my team just hasn't performed. I have Zeke, Carson, Juju, Cooper Cup, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin. My bench is Montgomery, Sanders, Damian Williams, D-Jax, John Brown, Geronimo Allison. Those wow. Are like my, those are my skill position guys, and I'm 0-4. That's, that's rough. That, like, this is probably my best 0-4 team of all time. Like, I'm projected to win this week by 25. Well, hopefully but, that'll turn around. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my personally, so you can feel my pain. If you are 0 and 4 out there listening. All right, everybody, we're going to move into our next segment, which is our weekly SFL update with Diebel. And uh, he's going to give us a recap of how everybody did in week four. And, you know, four weeks in, we're a quarter of the way through the season. We should uh, start to uh, be seeing some trends with some of the top teams and some of the bottom teams. But again, if you're in the bottom, don't give up, keep plugging along. And uh, for those of you listening to us for the first time, uh, the SFL is the big league on Sleeper, the Sleeper app that is being run on there by a couple of wonderful guys, Devo being one of them, uh, Goodwrench another, Panda Kicker another one. So shout out to those three. But um, yeah, they do it every year. Devo's got some crazy mathematical formula that floats us all in the different categories. We have 200 plus teams playing this year. And um, if you want into the league, look for the SFL Legion channel and uh, click join or uh, send Devil a uh, message uh, on Sleeper app. Anyway, take it away and give us our week four update. Perfect. So uh, week four was an interesting week on the waiver wires. Um, a lot of money spent mostly on one person. Wayne Gallman uh, picked up a, uh. a bunch of pickups on that one. Hopefully but, uh, uh, not uh, ill-spent. They played him, got the points, because it looks like Barkley might beat his timeline. I saw the news break earlier. I'm excited. Yeah, he's he's uh, itching to get back out there. So uh, so hopefully if you spent the money on Gallman, you used him, <laughs> and you made it worth it. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully you used him, because uh, that first week uh, he, he uh, looked pretty good, better than I expected. So Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, well over $1,000 spent uh, last wow. week on the waiver. That's a lot. Yeah, some of the top uh, players, if you haven't read the the newsletter. I didn't see the newsletter yet. I saw the uh, I saw the standings come out, and I and, and in the 40s, woohoo, but I have not seen the newsletter yet. I was actually just looking for it a minute ago. I didn't see it yet. Yeah, if you haven't looked at it, look at the newsletter. Uh, the top five players, Gallman, uh, Darrell Williams, Darren Jones, Kyle Allen, and Pollard were uh, the top five players picked up. Oh, interesting. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting. On the trade side, um, not much actually. It's been a pretty quiet, uh, quiet week for trades. Only about seven or eight trades. Uh, nothing really big stands out except for League M. Spetham and Grant Williams traded. I think they traded before in the past. But A.J. Green, Le'Veon Bell, John Ross went for Stefan Diggs and Joe Mixon. Which, Interesting. Uh, pretty good. Interesting. Uh, we'll see how he feels about that since uh, John Ross just hit the IR this afternoon. 
And uh, also in League M, K-Page 1 and Jabber 05. They traded Austin Hooper and Marlon Mack for Golden Tate and Saquon Barkley. Ooh, good one. So that, that one looks, uh, looks good on the Saquon Barkley side since yeah. he's trying to get back as quickly as possible. That seems to be about the value I'm seeing Barkley go. If the people are trading him, it seems to be around that Marlon Mack level and a piece with it, it seems like. So yeah, that definitely, definitely seems to be the going rate right now. Uh, that's that's about on par for uh, where Barkley is going lately. For the highest and lowest, uh, the averages for the highest for the uh, SFL was one hundred forty-one point oh five. All right, not bad, not bad, not bad. the The highest score was League N. All right. Apatros scored 159.64. Nice. Good job. Close behind. Out of League C, Burt Macklin scored 159.6. Nice. That was really right there. So that's pretty good. It's a familiar name, too. I recognize that name. Go, Burt. Good job. Yeah. yeah League uh, League D from last year representing. Yep. That's right. That's where Going. I knew the name from. <laughs> I should know that. Yeah, that's where he's from. <laughs> yeah. Played with him for an entire season. <laughs> We did, we did, and uh, the the next uh, the lowest score came out of League Q. Warhog scored forty three point four two. Ooh, that's the average low lowest. One. Yeah, that's that's pretty low. The average lowest score for the leagues was sixty six point one five. That's not too bad. I think an improvement over last week's low score. Yeah, a little bit. The uh, the worst case scenario. If you're looking at uh, the worst or, or the worst beat, would be the highest scoring versus the lowest scoring, which actually happened. All right, so worst case scenario for uh, the biggest blowout is you take the highest scoring team going up against the lowest scoring team, which happened in League Q, not trying, with 156.78. Good score. Yeah, which was the, the highest of, the, of that uh, league. Went up against Warhog, which had the lowest score of the league, which was 43.42. Ouch. A difference of 261.10%. Ouch. That's a big spread. The bad, yeah, the bad part is not trying had Godwin, and he scored 35.2, so him alone almost beat <laughs> Warhog's whole team. Ow. Keep trying, Warhog. Don't worry. Yeah, keep, keep trying. Keep trying. Every, every week's not going to be like this. <laughs> there will be better weeks. We've all been there. Yeah, the uh, narrowest victory, the uh, League C, Monsieur Moore scored 90.92 versus Cantuola 21, who scored 89.4, difference of 1.7%. Another, That's another close one. That was, I think last week was crazy close. We had one, but that's a pretty close one. Oh, it was, yeah, it was like almost tied. Wow, that's pretty yeah, good. Last year that's was right. Really yeah, it was, was really close last year. Less than you know, 0.001 or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like 0.0005 percent. Well, another it was crazy uh, another close. good one. Another good close game. Good job, guys or ladies. Yeah, exactly. The uh, biggest blow averages uh, to 83 percent for all the leagues, and uh, the uh, narrowest victory averages for all the leagues was five percent. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and uh, my the. BFL shoutouts. Uh, the highest scoring out of the BFL came out of League Z. It was Kuyong Frozen, who scored 148.72. Nice. Right up there with the big boys. Yeah. And the lowest scoring came out of League X. It was Kamar- Kamaratak, 
to a score of 56.24. Not bad. Right there, nipping at the lead. Yeah. Right there, nipping at the low score. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the uh, the one thing I do want to uh, point out, that League A, the worst manager was uh, Driving Force, who's had 82% of his uh, best line set. Now, keep in mind, the highest score of that league was Tyler Simmons, who scored 134.62. Okay. Driving Force, who had 82% of his line set, still scored 133.38. Whoa. Yeah, his it was out of uh, his maximum protection was 163.08. So that was pretty, wow. pretty interesting. That's definitely uh, an interesting twist there. That's, uh, you don't see that too often. No, you don't. I was going through the list. It's like I, that just stood right out, like one thirty-three, and he was the worst manager. Yeah, that's a weird one. Good job, League A. Yeah, definitely a weird so, one. There. Uh, that's uh, that's the wrap up for uh, for the week. Guys, keep at it, and next week will be a better week. Awesome. Pretty as long as you don't have any of those injuries. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. It seems like there's gonna be a lot of question marks going into Sunday this week. Everybody watches their lineups. <laughs> But, um, yeah, well, thanks, Devo, for coming on the show again, as always. And uh, tune in next week for the Week 5 Recap. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Speaking of Fantasy Football. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast. Subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Good luck this coming week, and we'll see you next Wednesday.